Love Talk Radio. Hey, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jets Podcast preview show on 247sports.com. The New York Jets are going to be hosting on a very special Saturday as they're going to take on the Houston Texans, and that will be seen on NFL Network at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Along with Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. Now, Rick Lachlan, I'm trying to patch him in, but at the moment we're having an issue. Uh, it's uh, mostly uh, not Rick's uh, issue. And hold on one second. Let's see here if we can uh, see if I can get him. Can there you hear me, Dave? It's now he's patched in. I hear you loud and clear, Rick. I just had to add Live a little and living uh, color, huh? something. Living in living color. Well, actually, first things first, I'm uh, currently down in uh, South Florida uh, attending some family issues, but I can get away to preview this uh, big uh, Week 15 matchup, Rick, as the New York Jets are going to host the Houston Texans. Now, uh, I want to thank Michael Cohen for uh, backing or at least filling in for me this coming Monday, or should I say this past Monday, on the review show after that big win over the Buffalo Bills. And I know I haven't given my uh, thoughts about it, but let me just quickly say this, Rick. That was a win the Jets really needed to get on the right side of things, and that's a big win for Sam Darnold for his confidence, not so much to finish off this season, but you know the confidence for him to get ready for 2019 because I think if the Jets can get on a winning streak, and I don't really give a damn about draft positionings. I don't give a damn about that. What I want to see our teams winning. I want to see our team winning, get a good finish at the end, and hopefully for the Jets and Sam Darnold that he will be the one that will lead the charge starting the 2019 season when there is a new head coach. But other than that, Week 15 is tomorrow afternoon, late afternoon at MetLife Stadium, be on NFL Network. The surging Houston Texans, who are 9-4 and four in the AFC South, are coming to MetLife Stadium with Deshaun Watson behind center. And make no mistake, Rick, this is not a slouch game. Well, first off, Daniel, welcome back. It's Michael did and filled in for you valiantly but I'd hate to see you be the modern-day Wally Pip and not get your job back, so that's not going to happen. So I'm happy you're back. Uh, go, go, taking a look at this – yeah, I know. And taking a look at this game against the Houston Texans, I mean, we started to talk about it a little bit on the Buffalo Review show. Everything sets up for this to be just an absolute difficult matchup for the Jets. This was before the Isaiah Crowell news came down today that they're placing him on IR, so his season is effectively over. He's set to become a free agent after the year. There's a lot of questions as far as will the Jets resign him. He's been really a feast or famine type of player. I mean, he had that one game against the Denver Broncos, 200 and 50 rushing yards and then you know he'll have games like last week against Buffalo dinged up only five yards rushing he's had games where he's had under 30 yards rushing he just doesn't have that consistency I know a lot of that is a product of the play calling and some of the injuries and lack of production from the offensive line but that's going to be an interesting storyline to watch this offseason and of course the other big injury news of note is Quincy Anunua who re-aggravated that ankle injury last week against Buffalo. He's going to be out, so this will be now the third game he's missed this season. And he, of course, is set to become a free agent. They've already started contract negotiations and extensions for him. But nonetheless, looking at this 
Texans team. I mean, you had Josh Allen, who in the game prior to that Jet game last week had rushed for over 100 yards. So you knew the kind of threat he was going to be outside the pocket. And that was Todd Bowles' job and the staff's job to try to maintain him inside that quarterback pocket and make him beat the Jets with his arm. And frankly, he made a lot of big plays on the ground. And you have Deshaun Watson, who, if they thought that Josh Allen was difficult to handle, when when Deshaun Watson gets outside the pocket, he can create absolute havoc for defenses. He is an elite athlete, a guy that can make people miss. And if he's in the open field and he has one guy to beat, he's beating that guy, and that's likely going to be a touchdown. So, I am finding myself, I'm trying to find a way to stay positive. I'm trying to find a way to see how the Jets will win this ball game. But given all the injuries they've had, I have no faith in the coaching staff to prepare properly on the offense or defense of the side. I think it's going to be tough sledding for the Jets. And really, if you're Sam Darnold, you want to make some nice throws. You want to protect the football. And you just hope, you just hope that you get some kind of support out of the running game that's also been dinged up with Elijah McGuire battling injuries, Trenton Cannon with an ankle injury. I mean, this is a Jet team, that, especially on the offensive side of the ball, as we get down to these final three games of the year, they really are limping both literally and figuratively to the finish line. And let me just say this, you know, look, Isaiah Crowell, you know, he may be in and out when he gets the rock, but at the same time, when he is on, he does produce positive yards for the New York Jets. He's had at least probably almost 10 touchdowns this season, how he's able to run with that ball. But, you know, he's out. He's done. Who else are you going to have to go to? Like you said, Wallace banged up. Cannon is banged up. Who's going to show up next? Uh, you know, have the Jets entertained any running backs that want to get back into the NFL? Have they gone to the uh, practice uh, squad? Has a practice squad member who might be a running back, are they going to get an opportunity? Is there an opportunity for maybe a wide receiver to become a running back uh, for the time being? Now, obviously, they got to be a little more stocky and maybe a little bit more sturdy, but at the same time, um, it's all hands on deck right now for the Jets to try and finish this season strongly. But once again, you know, what you liked from Sam Darnold and what you don't like from Sam Darnold is really simple. There are times that Sam Darnold is on target with his reads on the first read he gets, but sometimes he holds on to the first read way too long. If you've seen some replays of this game against Buffalo, you've seen Sam Darnold not even check the second read or the third read. And sometimes he holds on to that first read a little too long, and he almost causes a turnover, whether it's an interception or whether the guy is covered way too tightly. So for Sam Darnold, and once again, he's a rookie quarterback, and we understand that, and this is like positive criticism, um, you know, not trying to be negative, but at the same time, you know, Darnold's going to have to learn in this game coming up, if the first read is covered, you find the second read. And if you don't find the second read, then either you take it yourself, and I'm not saying Sam has to take the ball himself here every single opportunity, a la a Tim Tebow, but still, though, we need Sam Darnold to be a little bit more vigilant with the ball if there's no one open on the first read or if handing the ball off is going to be someone with sure hands. And look, this is going to be what about more about what throws Sam Darnold doesn't make than the throws he does make. He's going to have to throw the ball out of bounds. He's going to have to escape in the pocket. I mean, you look at the Texans' pass rusher, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, 
and Jadavion Clowney. I mean, I can't find a trio that's more talented and more feared by opposing quarterbacks than those three. So this Jets offensive line is going to have absolutely its hands filled. You saw a lot of times that they were using multiple backs in the backfield. They even used the defensive lineman as a fullback to provide extra protection. Everything the Jets can do to protect Sam Darnold, to keep those pass rushers out of the backfield, they're going to have to do that and more to keep Sam Darnold upright. And again, for me, if you're the Jets, you want to control the time of possession. You don't want to make Aaron throws and create turnovers. And you have to put this on your defense to try to make a game-changing play. You'd want this to be a relatively low-scoring contest. And this is a game in which a guy like Jamal Adams or Tremaine Johnson, who had two interceptions last week, has to make a big play to set up field position for the Jets to move in and try to get six points because I think it's just going to be very tough sledding for this Jet offense. I went on a Sirius XM Fantasy Sports channel and they asked me about what Jet player I would start this week and I said I wouldn't start any of them. I mean, even Robbie Anderson, look, there's no Quincy Anunwa. You have uh, Chris Herndon at the tight end position, Jermaine Curse and Sharon Peak, And other than that, they're going to double-team Robbie Anderson take away the deep ball and basically stack the box and take away the running game. So Sam Darnold, as you mentioned, Daniel is going to have to dump the ball off to his backs in space. He's going to have to try to find the tight end over the middle. And I just don't see any jet player on the offensive side of the ball having a breakout performance, just given how these matchups play out. Now I mentioned a name in Jamal Adams and Texans coach, Bill O'Brien when interviewed and was asked about Jamal Adams. And of course he never had the opportunity to coach against or play against him, but from what he sees on tape, from what he's heard around the league, he's saying that this is one of the best, one of the top five players that the Texans will have to face on the defensive side of the ball. So that's pretty high praise coming from a Texans head coach. That's had a fair amount of experience in this league. And I think that Jamal Adams, this is the type of game where he has to step up big, whether it's a forced fumble at the line of scrimmage, whether it's sweeping through for an interception. You know, I fully expect this Texans offense to be prolific because during that nine-game winning streak, it didn't look like they were going to lose another game in this regular season. They ran into uh, another red-hot team in the Indianapolis Colts that just edged them out last week, 24-21, So not only do you have a team in the Texans that's come off of nine wins in a row, then followed by a loss last week, they've won nine of the last 10 games, and now they're angry because that nine-game losing streak has been snapped. Uh, I mean, everything is setting up in the Texans' favor, but hey, it's week-to-week in the NFL. You never know what's going to happen. And oddly enough, uh, for the Jets, they have a 5-2 and all-time record against the Texans is one of the the third highest winning percentage against any team in the NFL. So you would only hope that maybe history repeats itself and the Jets just have the Texans number, but the matchups would say otherwise on Saturday. Very true, Rick, but I will say this, though, and you know, Bill O'Brien has every right to be worried. Jamal Adams is a traditional generational player that the Jets the last time they had someone like that, you'd have to say it was Darrell Rivas, in my opinion. Darrell Rivas was that type of player, that, that great cornerback that he was, how well he uh, defended against the, those big-time wide receivers, if not by injury or pulling a blame. You know, Darrell Rivas at his best 
can shut your best wide receiver down. And no matter how many times you can try and challenge Darrell Rivas, he's going to find a way to beat you. He's going to find a way to stop you, and he normally does 95% of the time. This is why Jamal Adams is spectacular. This is why Jamal Adams is a player that can definitely do the job. And as my uncle is walking away, uh, he's visiting my father. I'm at the hospital currently. But anyway, as I'm saying before, Rick, you know, Jamal Adams is a type of uh, safety that can rush in and can go there and stop. I think you're breaking in and out, but the point that we were getting to about the text, well, no, you listen to you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you were breaking in and out. Um, but yeah, one of the stories that that I wanted to one of the stories I wanted to touch on, and it's actually a tragic one, was about Joe McKnight. And of course, uh, as we know, he was, yeah, he was he was gunned down two years ago, December first. So it's really the two year, obviously, a little over two year anniversary of that happening. And of course, we remember from that 2012 game against the Houston Texans, a game. The Texans would go on to win 23 to 17. Joe McKnight had just an unbelievable kick return for a touchdown, 100 yards to put the Jets within striking distance in that game. And he also owns the longest play in Jets history, 107 yard return, kickoff return for a touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens in 2011. But, you know, the Jets on their social media at New York Jets paid homage to, to Joe McKnight. And it just shows that. You know, it's funny, these two, these two franchises, whether you go back to the Texans' inception back in 2003, you know, Kerm Edwards was the coach, the Jets were a perennial playoff team, and the Texans were really just an expansion team trying to find their footing. So those early years, the first five or six years that these teams played, the Jets dominated the rivalry. And you, know, you now have the Houston Texans. The tables have completely turned. The Jets have been really in a rebuild mode since 2012, whereas the Texans, when they had Matt Schaub, they were a perennial playoff team, obviously drafting Deshaun Watson. They've stayed at that level. They've had a couple seasons that are below 500 and missed out on the playoffs. But when you look at the historical matchups, at no time when these two teams played has both teams been at or above 500. It's either been the Jets have been way over 500 and the Texans have been a laughing stock, or vice versa. So this year is going to be no different, of course, with the Texans right now. They're in the hunt for not only a division crown, but at 9-4, and four, tied with the Patriots, they lost the head-to-head tiebreaker. They need a win in the worst way so they can move up to potentially getting a bye week with Kansas City losing, having three losses now, as well as the, uh, as the L.A. Chargers, I should say. They're all clustered atop that AFC, and these next couple of weeks are really going to determine the bye week. So it's just interesting that every time the Jets and the Texans do battle, that one team is flying high and the other team is a sinking ship. Uh, kind of crazy, Rick. But I thought that uh, Joe McKnight made that big kickoff return for touchdown when it was on a Monday nighter against the Houston Texans at MetLife Stadium, I thought. Yeah, that's correct. And, and one of the other highlights he had, too, which we all remember, was that 10th anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks in 2011, the home opener against the Dallas Cowboys with the Jets facing a double-digit deficit, and he blocked the punt 
that Isaiah Trufant picked up and swept up for a touchdown to tie the game at 24. The Jets went on to win that game 27-24. So, uh, you know, just it was a great thing to see the Jets play homage to a player in, in Joe McKnight that really was one of the most prolific special teams guys the Jets have ever had. And it's just a sad, uh, such a sad and tragic end to his life at such a young age of only 28 years old. Very true, and sadly, he died because of a road rage incident back in his uh, hometown outside of New Orleans in Louisiana, and thankfully, they caught the guy that, uh, it's just stupid road rage that ended uh, his life for no reason. He brought the gun out and just shot Joe McKnight right in the middle of of the road, right in broad daylight, sadly, and, you know, obviously, uh, our prayers are still and thoughts are to the McKnight family for what happened to Joe, and hopefully it doesn't happen. And he'll be be spending, yeah. The shooter will be spending the next 30. He was sentenced in March of 2018 to 30 years in prison. So he'll he'll more than likely spending the rest of his life uh, rotting away in a prison cell as he should be. Absolutely. Um, but going back to this one here, Rick, against the Houston Texans this coming Saturday afternoon, late afternoon, once again, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on NFL Network through Fox Sports. Um, you know, my X Factor player of the game uh, for tomorrow's game, and you've already posted it, people have already read it, but I just want to reiterate, it's Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams, big cat, big, strong, front seven runner going after the quarterback. You know, it's amazing how sometimes he's able to get holed up by uh, an offensive line. And if everyone watched, you know, the game against Indianapolis last week between the Colts and the Texans, Texans, uh, you know, were not able to keep, Deshaun, uh, you know, upright to keep Deshaun Watson upright. So this is a big game, in my opinion, for Leonard Williams because he needs to make sure not just to get Deshaun Watson and put him on his back cleanly and fairly, but let's not go for the cheap, uh, you know, roughing the passer calls. Now, I'm getting sick and tired, and let me just say this right now. I'm getting sick and tired of – Leonard Williams being called for roughing the passer when he has not done that sort of thing. It's only been a two-handed touch, maybe a bit of a shove, but it's definitely not roughing the passer type of things. But sadly, he has to be aware you can't do that once the ball has been thrown. Don't, Don't shove him. Don't even try and tap him because the referees are going to throw that flag every time you do a two-hand touch in the worst way. So for Leonard Williams, he's my X factor of the game this coming Saturday. What he needs to do is be himself, be relentless, be strong, go after Watson, put him on his back, do so legally, do not go for the extra what for and get yourself a 15-yard penalty for roughing the passer or anything of the sort, because this is the type of situation that Jets do not need if they want to add another win on their record and hopefully go five and nine. Yeah, I'm fully on board with that. I really think that this game falls in the balance of the defense. The defense is going to have to make some game-changing plays force some turnovers is that's one thing that Deshaun Watson, he is electric in the open field. He has a cannon for an arm, but if you're able to get to him, pressure him, you can dislodge the football. You can make him make some mistakes. And I think Leonard Williams, it starts and ends with him trying to get after the quarterback. One one of the sidebars I had, and it's a question for you, Daniel, because I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, I'm going to be actually at the Giants game this Sunday, so I'll get to see it up close and personal. 
But MetLife Stadium, they made the decision, and this is obviously not a groundbreaking decision, but they decided to use neutral end zones for these games because the Jets would be playing, of course, 4.30 on Saturday afternoon and the Jets 1 p.m. on Sunday. They didn't want to have the classic Jets in the end zone for Saturday and Giants. They decided to go with the, with the diagonal slashes in the end zone, a la Notre Dame back in the day or, you know, a neutral field play. What do you think of that decision? Because I guess this MedLife Stadium crew, they wanted to have the stadiums changed out initially by warm-ups for the Giants on Sunday, which would have been 9 a.m., and I guess they felt with the impending weather, uh, maybe they're expecting some rain as they are on Sunday, that it could be difficult to do. Do you think this is a big deal that uh, the Jets or Giants won't have their names in the end zone? And I, and I thought if instead of doing the slashes, just have a generic New York City logo in, in the end zone at least to represent – the city in the area. You know, honestly, it's not a big deal for me. If they just want to do a empty end zone, no name on it, that's fine by me. I understand there's going to be some inclement weather on its way uh, in the Northeast, and you know what? It, it, it that's like a little nothing. It's just a little nothing that you're going to become something for no reason at all. So, to be honest with you, Rick. Let them do that. I don't care, and I agree. You could have put down New York City. You could put down MetLife Stadium. You could have done the Meadowlands. I mean, you could have done maybe Bob's, uh, you know, uh, carpet uh, business on the in the end zone. Whatever they want to do, it's not a big deal for me. Whoever wants to make a big deal out of it, let them do it. I think it's ridiculous. You know, I don't care. So what if it doesn't say Giants for tomorrow? I know. I wish, Daniel, you were on the Facebook page talking some sense to some Jet fans that think it's favoritism for the Giants and we're all upset because this isn't even the first time this happened. This happened back in 2010, too. I don't think it's a big deal, but, again, you have fans out there that want to make a, a mountain out of a molehill, so I, I really don't see it as, as a big deal. You know, we should worry more about, you know, little nothings than worry about, uh, you know, who's going to be the quarterback, who's going to be the starting running back, who's going to take over for Todd Bowles once uh, the season is done. And isn't it amazing, Rick? We had this uh, amazing start in 2018 in Detroit. And then you had a bit of a hiccup with a three-game losing streak. Then you get a two-game winning streak. And then after you go three and three, you expected them not to do well against Minnesota. But then that loss at against Minnesota – became a six-game losing streak, and now the Jets are back in the win column in Buffalo. And thankfully, uh, their first divisional win of 2018, first divisional win for Sam Darnold. Let's not forget, Darnold injured um, before, uh, you know, Josh McCown steps in. Then the bye week comes. Then, uh, you know, tough losses against New England, tough loss against Tennessee. And then here we go, Sam Darnold back uh, into the swing of things. And hopefully for Sam, he finishes off with a flourish. Yeah, and no question. I mean, they interviewed several NFL coaches, both current and former, asking them the question, if you think from season to season, there is a carryover effect, that if you finish one season strong, does that build momentum into the next? And I guess there was a mixed result. It depends on if the core of your team is together. It depends on if that player is at a critical position like quarterback. And I truly am of the belief and I subscribe to the belief that if Sam Darnold, especially as a young player that doesn't have this play playing experience, doesn't have the winning under his belt, if he's able to just get one win out of these next three games and get some invaluable experience 
take care of the football, play reasonably well. I think that's going to do a tremendous amount for his confidence heading into next year. And and not only that, but that's going to buy him a lot of uh, praise from the media, from fans. So I think it's going to silence any of those critics that still think the jury is out on him and they will be more confident in him as the, as the franchise quarterback. So I don't want to put any undue pressure on Sam Darnold that he doesn't already have. But if he's able to play reasonably well in these next three games, and, I, and I'm not going to say he has to throw for three th- touchdowns each time. If he manages the football game, does exactly what he did against Buffalo, maybe throws for 200 yards, uh, a touchdown, and doesn't and turns the football over once or no times, then that's probably going to be enough to maybe at least keep them in a couple of these games, and maybe they can steal one uh, against Green Bay and a, a team with Aaron Rodgers that's been dysfunctional this year. But we'll we'll wait and see what happens. But, again, that to me is the major storyline to watch is can Sam Darnold take that next step and start developing to next year? And I'm interested to see Elijah McGuire, who's clearly banged up, not 100%, but will he have the ability to be potentially a guy that's a, a starter or at least in that rotation for next year as a key piece that the Jets are looking to acclimate into that backfield heading into 2019? You know, going back to that game against the Bills, our local Brandon Copeland said in the mat, in that matchup last week, he said, what you saw today is he's a natural-born leader. He just took over. And you know what? Maybe, you know, we don't want to see anyone injured, Rick. We don't want to see, you know, uh, the franchise quarterback in the Jets and Sam Donald being hurt or anything like that, obviously. But if you think about it, even though it was an injury, maybe he came at the right time. Maybe it came at the right time for Sam Donald to at least say to himself, okay, I'm taking a break. I'm going to watch what happens here. I'm going to analyze what's going on, take the film study, go into the film room with the quarterback's coach, with the offensive coordinator, see what he can do for the next game when he is able to go in there and get ready to play. And when he is, which he showed against the Bills, and even though he stepped out, sadly, it's one of those things where, you know, even though he's hurt, the truth of the matter is this. That was needed for Sam, and he went out there and he did the job. And not only just doing the job, but he led his first ever comeback victory for the New York Jets when they really needed something to feel good about, and it sparked them. And hopefully we'll continue on, not just to the end of this month and this current regular season, but maybe something special for 2019. And look, I know we're going to be running our pick segment shortly with Michael Cohen and submitting those for him to post, but I'll give a little teaser for mine. I, I just think that points are going to be hard to come by for this Jet offense. I, I see them scoring one touchdown. I don't know whether it's going to be offensive. I don't know whether it's going to be defensive, but I see them putting 13 points on the board. And I think this is going to be a relatively close contest. It could be within a field goal at most a touchdown, but I see the Texans icing this game and, you know, if you had a gun to my head, give me a, uh, give a prediction. I would probably tell you that it would be 24 to 13 Texans. And the one player that I'm going to keep an eye on, because they just, of course, placed Isaiah Crowell on the injured reserve, is D'Angelo Henderson. They promoted the running back uh, from the practice squad. He's in his first year with the Jets. He was with the Broncos last season and really didn't have much of a role there. 
you know, he essentially was with Coastal Carolina, is a smaller school product. So you get an opportunity to see him. Maybe he'll show some flashes, and maybe he could provide the spark that this Jet offense needs because, again, I'm trying to find the positive and the silver lining of where this offense is going to move the football, where they're going to produce points. But, you know, everywhere I look, I just see injuries. I see guys that are not even 100% healthy that are out there playing. And I see an offensive line that is good one week and terrible the next, along with the coaching staff. You can throw them in the mix, too. So, uh, again, they're going to need contributions from unlikely sources. And this player in D'Angelo Henderson, you know, maybe he is that diamond in the rough, a guy that's going to spark them and perhaps be a contributor down the stretch of these final three games and even beyond. Absolutely, Rick. Absolutely. We'll see what this New York Jets team is going to do. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. We've said it many, many times. This is going to be a Texans team that is definitely probably going to run rough shot against the Jets. But as they always say, uh, you know, you, if you can win this game on paper, it'd be the easiest thing you could ever do. But you don't play on paper to win these games. You actually got to go out there four quarters, 15 minutes each. You got to go out there, try to out-scheme them. I mean, this is the one thing I think the Jets can do. This is a game where you hope the offense can put points on the board. But at the same time, this is a game where the Jets' defense needs to really step up big. And I'm not just talking about stopping the run, uh, you know, knocking down passes sacking the quarterback. This is a game where the New York Jets must, and I stress this, they must pick off. They must intercept. They must find a way to gain as many turnovers as possible to go out there and at least find a way, even some gadget plays, trick plays from special teams, because Andre Roberts has been successful. Maybe it's time for him to break one uh, big uh, kickoff return for a touchdown, punt return for a touchdown, you know, special teams is going to really be be huge in this one for the Jets. Yeah, and you said it best. I mean, if the Jets line up, they play uh, cookie-cutter football, and they just have a vanilla offense, they're going to get beat and beat handily. They're going to need gadget plays. They need contributions from the special teams. They might need a lucky bounce or two. And an unlikely source, as we mentioned, a guy, D'Angelo Henderson, they're going to need some guys that nobody sees coming that even the defense isn't game planning for to make some plays. So it's asking for a heck of a lot. But I know, again, it's any given Sunday, or in this case, any given Saturday, anything can happen. That's correct, Rick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Jets podcast. Preview show on 247sports.com. The New York Jets will be hosting the Houston Texans at MetLife Stadium tomorrow afternoon, this coming Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, over on NFL Network, maybe also on Fox Channel 5 with the NYW, but go to NFL Network anyway. I don't think this will be on the regular TV stations in New York. NFL Network, definitely. For Rick Rockland, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. This is the Jets Podcast Preview Show on 247sports.com, freeblogtalkradio.com. I'll talk to you guys on Monday night, late night return at 11 o'clock to review this one. And I hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Take care so long and bye-bye for now.